What is going on out there, lacrosse fans, sports bettors alike? It's another live edition of the Bet on Lacrosse show. We've been doing this the past couple weeks, doing a little Twitter spaces so we can get some of you listeners involved. Both, uh, I guess what, this is our, our, our third weekly Bet on Lacrosse Twitter space, and each week, We've gotten some nice, actionable info out of some listeners joining in. If you want to be a part of that, you can join us at the end of the Twitter space. Just drop that little uh, button in the bottom left-hand corner. You can hit that request to be a speaker, and we'll get you added in. Of course, we cannot get to everybody, but we do a little Q&A. We allow people to give some of their best bets for the week, too. And uh, it's always fun to get into it. Love hearing from the community that we're building here as we continue to bet on lacrosse. If you don't know me, I'm your host, Dan Alexander of wagertalkandgambling.com. I'm joined today, as I always am, by the triumvirate here. We got JB, Justin Byers, FOS business writer, and of course, Hutton Action Jackson from the Action Network for another Twitter Space edition. Justin, I'll start with you, man. How are you doing today on a beautiful, I don't know how it is where you're at. It's rainy. It's windy. I'm ready for spring, man. I'm, I'm coaching lacrosse this year, and I just stood outside in the freezing cold for two hours. Not happy about it, but I am happy to be in this warm studio with my two favorite guys. JB, how you doing, man? You know I can't complain. Coming off a big week last week, looking to build on it, and uh, excited to share some plays with you folks. Yeah, always fun. We'll, of course, recap how we did last week, get into uh, some PLL futures today because we got the future market rolling. Uh, We're going to get some of our favorite NCAA plays and then, of course, turn our attention inside as the NLL season continues on. We had some nice best bets last week. I'm able to get my obligatory bandits bet in again as they're back in action. So we'll get into that a little bit later in the episode and, of course, uh, allow you guys to hop in this space, you guys and gals and folks listening in to hop in as well. Hutton Action Jackson from the Action Network behind the Bet on the Cross logo. Hutton, how you doing, my man? I'm doing well. I'm excited to talk some PLL futures as well as some NLL. Uh, we have a team that's hot right now down in Texas. So I want to talk about them a little bit. Um, and then, you know, also we got NCAA, of course, uh, and you get to brag a little bit from this past Virginia, Maryland weekend. Yeah, so before I bust your guys' ass about being the lone guy on Maryland Island, yours truly, we'll, we'll get to the, how does Rick Flair say it, the, the showboating, the grandstanding, the hot dogging. We'll get to that a little bit later, a little Randy Savage action. Uh, but I think where we start right away, guys, is we're all super excited about this upcoming PLL season. In case you didn't hear, if you're a lacrosse fan, you have heard and been seeing the waves made as PLL inks a four-year broadcast deal with ESPN. I am super excited that we now almost have this main hub of lacrosse all year long with ESPN+. Plus. You're getting all these NLL games that have been terrific. Um, You know, you have a lot of crossover with some of the, obviously, PLL players playing in the field, going inside the box. You also get to have some crossovers with, uh, you know, coaches that are doing some play-by-play, you know, with Andy Towers, the great job that he does. So sport continuing to grow. I think it all being hosted in one place with this ESPN deal, especially with PLL now being inked there for four years. I'm super excited about that same spot. You get some of these great NCAA streams. So I I think that is 
getting me pumped up. But what is even more exciting for me, this is the bet on the cross show is randomly. I was just scrolling through as I always do on the different books that I have um, and just look at what's available. And I was scrolling through bet MGM and I see lacrosse and under the tab where I see some of my NLL lines, I click and I see PLL championship and that piqued my interest a little bit, boys. Clicked on that, and my eyes popped out of my skull because I saw in an eight-team market, you were able to place a a, a, a plus 2,000 ticket. If you wanted to on the Chrome, I just thought from a sheer value standpoint, that's the one that popped off the page at me. And Hutton, we were talking before the show, and you were saying that's that's already moved. Some Some people already hit it. Uh, yours truly included. I, I hit that bad boy. I, I just did a little 50 spot to get a little 1K just on a sheer value standpoint. I'll get to you know what that value opportunity really presented itself in my opinion. Um, but there, there was already some line moves in, in this market on BetMGM. Am I correct, Hutton? Yeah, there was. So yeah, the Chrome already went. You know, it's only been a couple days. I think Sunday night was when these came out, and the Chrome have already moved from plus 2,000 now to plus 1,400. Um, which is absurd. And I was kind of doing a little bit of research. Um, I really like Chrome plus 2000 as well. I threw a little bit on there as well, because I just feel like that felt to me like the floor and going back and looking, it kind of is what the floor for these 18, this 18 league Uh, last year, the cannons were in that spot at plus 2000 to start the season. Chaos got to that point when they were winless three weeks into the season. Obviously, you know, if you got in at that level, you probably felt great when they went on to win the championship. And that kind of shows you too, like anything can kind of happen, but I'm with you. I tend to wait and see with futures, but because the value was so high, um, that's kind of why I, I got in early on that. But at plus 1,400, I think I would wait because, again, you could see the Chrome have a similar situation as the Chaos, have a rough stretch the first couple games, maybe some guys coming back from injury, um, and then go on a run. So I would wait and see what you can get later in the season. But um, in terms of value, I think it's a good value. I think this Chrome team is going to be better this coming year. Um, obviously, losing Galloway and Joel White is going to be tough. Um, but I think they'll be able to replace those guys. Sean Scannone, they locked him up for a couple of years, and he's was reigning MLL goalie of the year two times before joining the PLL. You're getting Randy Stotts and hopefully Jordan Wolf healthy and back. Um, you know, Dylan Malloy's on that roster. I'm really interested to see what they do with the attack. They have a lot of ball dominant, crazy good guys, and uh, they might be getting Chris Gray too, who's projected to be the number one pick in the PLL draft. Yeah, I think there's a lot of reasons to be optimistic. And we saw last year, you know, chaos was a team that people were still trying to fade going into the season. And then playoffs rolled around as it started getting closer and closer. That chemistry just really started pouring out and really started making a difference for that team. So if you have a ticket, I think one of the things about futures and why I'm not crazy about betting futures, and I want to get your thoughts, JB, on the uh, on the futures market as well. But I just feel like one of the reasons I'm not crazy about it is just the way that I personally manage my bankroll. It's tough for me to take a percentage, even a small one, and, and, and hand it to the odds maker and say, hey, you know, keep this safe for me. I'll, I'll come back for it later. I, I just the way that I like having and managing my bankroll, I hate expending a even a small percentage to just be sitting on layaway, unless it's something that I think is a very valuable proposition that I can potentially give myself an hedging opportunity down the road. And with 
this is this 20 to one ticket that you're potentially able to get on this Chrome future. And now it's since gone. I'm with Hutton. I wouldn't bet it now at, at 14 to one simply because that wide eyed of being able to put a $50 bill on it and be returning one K if Chrome is able to turn a little bit more of a corner and is able to even sniff around the playoffs, if they make the playoffs, you've already presented yourself with a very profitable endeavor for a $50 better. If you're a $10 better, especially you have that $50 ticket, you have a lot of hedging opportunities just by percentage wise of how much you're having your bankroll. You never want to be pulling off the rubber band on one play. Um, and, and that's why I find it a little bit tougher to manage that bankroll when you're, uh, when you're talking about future markets, but this one was just too advantageous for me not to be placing a little sprinkle on Justin, when you looked at the market and, you know, also, you know, you're an experienced better too. I, I learned from you as, as, as the same as I hope we all learn from each other. Um, how do you approach betting futures? And as far as this market goes, were there any odds that maybe thought, Hey, I, I wouldn't be, I, it, it might be worth expending some of my bankroll on one of these teams because I think there's a chance for it to get home or it presents a hedging opportunity down the line. So how do you tackle futures? And as far as this market goes, was there anything that kind of made your eyes perk up? Yeah. Future betting takes a lot of discipline. And, and like, you, like you were saying, experienced bettors kind of recognize what to look for as they bet along and see teams go throughout a season. When it comes to this future market with lacrosse, there are kind of two things I look for. It's either something I really believe in, if it's near and dear to my heart, or if there's value. And what you folks were just saying with the uh, with the Chrome, getting that at plus 2,000, that's a great pick for value. That kind of puts me towards a lean to place a bet on the future if I think I'm going to get a great return. And if it's something you believe in, then – go in and go all out like not necessarily with your betting but if it's a future that you think could happen it's going to be worth it in the end patience is a virtue and it definitely pays off in betting and that's kind of my approach to futures now as as far as this one goes you know you look at some of the odds and the long odds are the ones that make you pop out pop out of your head but how about you know a team like the archers who, you know, maybe always a bridesmaid, never a bride, a team like the Redwoods who have been knocking at the door. Do they finally take that next stop or, or next, uh, that next step? Um, any of those, as far as not just pure value standpoints, but a team, as you look at the season heading into it, and obviously it's way too early to say, well, this team's going to be the championship team. And that's really what you're doing when you're talking about futures markets. But, um, any of them really make your eyes pop out of your head and say, Hey, you know, if I were to put my money on something that I think I could get home, like like who do you think is, is one of those teams that could potentially be hoisting that trophy this year? Going back to what I said about uh, getting on something you believe in, I love this Archers team. And it's, it's hard to say that they kind of lived up to expectations when they haven't. I kind of uh, see this team as the Dallas Cowboys. They got a ton of talent. They play well during the regular season. But for some reason, they just can't put it all together when it matters. But with what they've got heading into this season and into the future, with them locking up uh, Tom Schreiber through 2024, as first reported by Kyle Bennett, who's in this space, shout out to him. Um, I think they're going to have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. They saw teams make it through the playoffs that really shouldn't have made it through the playoffs last year. And I think that's going to kind of fire them up heading into this year. They, they're way too talented to not do something with Will Manny at attack, Grant Amit, Tom Schreiber, as I 
was talking about Adam Gettleman, Adam Gettleman and Cage. Like, top to bottom, the team's got it. They just have to go out there and do it. And getting them at, at plus 550, I think that's tremendous value. And for a team that good that could win it, it's uh, it's hard not to pass that up. Yeah, and, and especially early on in the season, talking about getting value and sticking with that value, the Archers quickly became one of those odds-on favorites that if you had one of those futures tickets, you were feeling pretty good about it. I mean, obviously, it ended up petering out towards the end of the season, but you weren't getting that juicy plus 550 you could potentially get right now after the Archers start, and they started as an absolute wagon so before we uh, get into some of the ncaa recap we have some actionable info some of our favorite plays want to remind folks if you're sticking around you want to be part of the conversation you can hit that little request speaker button and we'll hop you on in into the space you can give us some of your thoughts on the uh, slates both in box lacrosse the ncaa in the field side of things and of course the nll as we're talking box we'll do that at the end of the episode here but Hutton, I think you wanted to make a, a great point as well, and it's something that we preach not only when talking about futures markets, but on a daily and weekly betting basis. You need to have multiple outs if you're a serious sports better. Now, I understand that there's some states that only have one book in town, so you know if you want to get action down, that's really your only choice unless you're going to go to some offshores. Uh, you know, again, that's your prerogative to do so. Some are reputable. Others, you know, kind of you have to have some have some tums with you whenever you're placing on them because you don't know if you're going to be getting your money back on them or not. But as far as regulated sports books, guys like you and me, Hutton, we're able to have some different outs. And I think we would both say if you're a serious better, you want to make money, always shop for lines and take the best line available long term. The difference between laying minus 105 and laying minus 110 is the difference of a profitable year and a losing year if you get those tickets home. No, absolutely. And, you know, right away with these uh, BetMGM odds, people were kind of taken aback that the Water Dogs were favored, that the Chrome were such long shots. And then shortly after DraftKings came out, and their odds were a little bit more down to earth. You know, they had the Chaos as the favorites who were the defending champs. Um, Chrome were at plus 1,200 where they are right now. So definitely line shop. You know, if you saw the Water Dogs as favorites and you're like, you know, I agree with that. I think they are favorites. Go over to DraftKings. You can get them at plus 550 as opposed to what it was, 350, and now it's 400. Um, so make sure, like, to just line shop because, you know, if you like the chaos, bet MGM's your book because they're plus 450 there while they're plus 400 at DraftKings. That can make a big difference, you know, in the long run. Even if you're only putting a little bit down, it, it can make the world of difference. Um, so, I, I probably sound like a broken record each week, but line shop, line shop, line shop. Hey, you never know. It's somebody hearing it the first time or it's just a good reminder. Well, I think it's a good segue because it didn't matter where you were line shopping. You could get any line you wanted on the Maryland Terrapins last week and get that one home, baby. That was uh, one of my favorite plays of the year was just this spot for the Maryland Terrapins taking on UVA. UVA became this absolute public darling. And also, you know, I wouldn't even lump you guys in with just a betting public in that hive mind. You came on this Twitter space last week and made a case so strong for UVA. I was doubting myself. Now, luckily, I already had my tickets placed, so I, I couldn't cash out. I couldn't go back because, you know, everybody and their grandmother was looking towards UVA and for good reason. They have been stellar this year. And there was just something about the spot that, and I'm a major 
contrarian better. Like when, when I'm the one who is on the Island and everyone's telling me I'm crazy for a play, that's where I feel the best. Like, like I don't know if I'm, I'm Bruce Springsteen or what I like dancing in the dark. I like dancing by myself. That all works for me. And I was dancing by myself in my living room as the Maryland Terrapins were just putting a hurting on UVA right before game time. Even if you wanted to lay the minus one and a half, you could get it at some nice plus money plus one thirty. I won't make you guys even sicker and say I went back for a double dip, but I may have went back for the double dip, got a little extra plus money there as well. It was just a terrific spot and it was a domination. I mean, that was a statement win. I felt like there was just that little bit added motivation for Maryland. And when you're sports betting, if you can handicap a motivation size and nail it, nine times out of 10, you're going to end up with one of those winning tickets. Or I guess I should say six times out of 10, because even your best bets are going to lose about half the time. Hopefully you can get it over that 50%, that 52% to stay profitable. But it was domination, man. And JB, 23 to 12. I know you're a totals guy as well. Did you sprinkle anything on that over? Like your, your just takeaway from that game going in what you thought and then what you saw take place in the game. You know, sports betting, sure, but as a pretty great lacrosse mind too, um, take away from that championship rematch at Audi Field last week. Going into this matchup, you know, I kind of thought that UVA had the better athletes and Maryland – they're great. I knew they had great lacrosse players, but they really came to play, and they really played well in all phases of the game. If you look at that game, if you look back, they they didn't really make any mistakes, whether it be clearing the ball. They won their face-offs. They took control of the ball when they needed to to get good possessions. They just played a complete game, and that's kind of hard to, to play against and with if you're fighting behind for behind like UVA was all game um going into that i knew it was going to be a high scoring game so i was all over the over you couldn't give you could have given me an over at 30 and i still would have taken it um, <laughs> it's just the way the nature of those two teams and with how talented they are on, on offense on both sides you knew they were going to get some goals no matter how well the defense were playing so um i was really surprised by that outcome i knew maryland was good but i didn't know they were that good and i didn't know they would stick it to uva like they did um, UVA kind of shot themselves in the foot. If you look back at it, they didn't kind of seize opportunities that they usually do against good teams. And I have to say, uh, I, I hate to say this, but Lars Tiffany got outcoached. And I think that's what Kyle boils down to as well. Maryland had a great game plan and they executed it to a T. Yeah, you you could tell that that there was just something about what was happening in that Maryland locker room. Like they came out and just out energied. UVA early and then it was just by the time UVA started being able to chip away at it they were just in such a hole that um, you know there weren't many teams that were going to come out now the thing is you play that game another 10 times they might split them because UVA like you said has the horses you know what I mean like like Maryland got the herd on him but I hope that we get a rematch of this game because I I think it was um, you know, it, it didn't maybe quite live up to the hype because what Maryland was able to do, but I still think it was a pretty darn good one. Now, Hutton, I'll also allow you, you know, we used to do the wager woes segment. Um, I'm not much of a bragger, but you, you said to me before we hopped on the space, you were like, hey, man, you got you to gotta do your best St. Peter's impression and strut like a peacock because it was uh, a side that I nailed. You and I both nailed the market. 
We'll do a little post-mortem on the uh, on the Terrapins last week before we talk a little Ivy League action, get to some of our favorite NCAA plays for the weekend. We also have an NLL recap and some matchups to discuss and some of our best bets in the NLL coming up. And then you can also request to be a speaker. Join in on the conversation here. Just hit that button in the left-hand side of your screen there on Twitter Spaces. We look forward to chatting with you guys. But Hutton, a little post-mortem for you. Um, you read the market right. Just the side, not 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 the uh, not the way to go. Yeah, no, the side it was not the right side, unfortunately. Um, you know, I did I I leaned the over. I didn't end up having official play on the over. Um, but yeah, I I thought Maryland looked great in this game. I mean, you can't talk about Keegan Khan's impact enough. You know, transfer from Villanova. I thought he looked really good. For me, I thought the X factor was going to be at the X. Um, and I really thought Petey Lasala was going to kind of give UVA an edge in transition. Weirman ended up dominating him in this game, um, you know, kind of enacting some revenge. He played him well last year in the championship. You know, LaSala kind of edged him out just a little bit last game um, that they played, but he was dominant in this game. And I think the most surprising thing to me is Maryland likes to slow it down a little bit. We saw they can put up goals. They put up, you know, 24 against Albany, um, but they tend to slow it down. They're 37th in pace, and they moved up to 31st after this game because they really, really – were out running and gunning uh, this UVA team. Well, I thought that was going to be their edge. And, you know, Maryland kind of used it against them. And they forced in transition. You had a few pole goals, um, and they kind of took it to UVA. So I was very surprised that UVA didn't make it a, a better game. And kind of always felt like they were going to maybe have a little bit of a run in them towards the end of the game. But uh, I felt like going in that second half, I didn't have a lot of confidence, even only being down by six. Um, they just didn't look as alive as Maryland was. And Maryland was very methodical with how they were attacking i feel like uva had to work a little bit harder for their goals than maryland did maryland was kind of just surgical in their approach so um definitely read the wrong side on this one but it was a good game and i'm hoping we get a rematch in the playoffs yeah read the market perfectly though we we said if you wanted uva get your bets in early in the week and even though they didn't get home still placing better Closing line value bets in the long run is how you're going to be a profitable sports better. Sometimes you just end up with the wrong side there, or sometimes you're like me last week and you nail the side. All right, that's my last little boast there. We'll move on. We'll turn the page because you're only as good as your next bet. Uh, and guys, before we get into our favorite NCAA plays on the field side of things, talk a little NCAA and our best bets coming up here in just a few moments. Um, the Ivy League guys, we, we haven't gotten to see them in action for a while, and whew, have they lived up to the billing? We previewed the games last week, the Cornell-Yale matchup, the Harvard-Brown matchup, the Princeton-Penn matchup. I don't know if any of us have expected these to all be one-goal games, to all be back and forth, seesaw affairs, and then you know we were all talking about the UVA and Maryland game Princeton Penn was game of the year if you like offensive fireworks. I, I mean, that was a freaking track meet going on between Princeton and Penn. Penn covers uh, as an underdog 21 20. Yeah, you heard me right. 41 goals in the game, under betters rolling themselves and, 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 you know, getting sick to their stomach. It took a broken stick uh, at the end of an overtime for Princeton to get that other goal. Yeah, you're not kidding, man. Brown ends up covering. Yale covers. So all of them tight games, but all of them the underdog covering outright. So impressive, uh, impressive matchups. And I just think 
the Ivy is legit, man. I, I, I think you've seen crossover play. Um, I, I don't know if they have all of the horses that some of these other leagues have, but there's a chip on all of these teams' shoulders that they're saying, I didn't get to play last week. Ivy League, JB, man, they are looking like they're pissed off that they haven't been on the field because they are fighting with everybody, you know, getting outright wins, covering against the spread, whether it's crossover play. These Ivy League games have been insanely competitive. There's a serious edge coming out of the Ivy League this year, and and I think it's something – that's hard to quantify when handicapping, but it's something when you watch these games, it's extremely palpable. Would, would you agree, Justin? Without question, going into the season, like you were saying, with the Ivy League having a, a complete year off and not even touching the field last season, I was thinking these teams would kind of get off to slow starts, but they they came out firing from, from the start of the season, and it's not stopping. And I, I'm looking at this Ivy League, and it, it really boils down to the coaching um, each team has some great coaches and almost legendary coaches. With Mike Daly uh, leading the uh, the ship at Brown, you got Andy Shea at Yale. Um, he, I mean, you've got a lot of coaches that have just proven themselves over time, and that results to great play. And I think that's what we're seeing in the Ivy League. It's kind of hard to pick a top dog. I know we see Princeton going out there and winning games, but like we saw last week, any given Saturday, someone could take a nail. And I think that will continue the rest of the year. I, I'm not quite sure who's going to really emerge from um, from the Ivy League. Maybe we'll get a surprise here as the season rolls along and we'll see somebody kind of separate. But it's an absolute gauntlet and it's a, it's a joy to watch. Yeah, and the main thing is it's a joy to watch. Just so happy for those guys, for those programs that after, you know, the, the, the tough couple of years that we've all been rolling through that they're getting to be out there on the field. And there's just there's that little extra edge that you can really see where they're just happy to be out there. You know, they're, they're just happy to be out there competing and they're taking each and every game as almost a gift that, you know, hey, we're going to scrap. We're going to we're going to do all that we can. Now, I think Dave, maybe since we haven't seen him in play, exceeded expectations. And before we get our favorite plays of the weekend, you know, I, I look at like a conference like the ACC, and I'm not just saying this because UVA just lost. I, I just say it from top to bottom. You look at some of these losses that Duke's had. You look at, you know, UNC with that really young, close unit that they have, really not being able to figure it out. And when Krieg sees it, he sees it. But when he doesn't, I, I mean, he's just left out there on an island by that young unit. And Chris Gray, for as terrific as he is, He's leaving some opportunities out on the field, maybe getting a little tunnel vision of going to the rack. So, you know, I feel like the ACC is maybe a conference that's underwhelmed me a little bit, whereas this Ivy League has really impressed me, um, you know, moving forward. I don't know if you guys have anything to say as far as conference play on, you know, positives, negatives that you're kind of seeing. Um, I, I just feel like as an overall view, um, you know, I, I feel like the ACC has been a little bit underwhelming, and I'm sure I will be eating my words when uh, when UVA just uh, just gets the chip on their shoulder and just starts rolling people. So we'll we'll, we'll see what ends up coming there. A- any any closing thoughts before we get our NCAA plays just on conferences as a whole, guys? No, I I agree with you on the ACC being down this year, and I think that kind of boils down to the parity of lacrosse nowadays. We've seen the ACC teams dominate lacrosse for college lacrosse for the last 20 years and now we've seen a lot more talent distributed to a lot of different schools 
And I think that's kind of shown when it comes to the, that conference. We've seen the Big Ten kind of emerge and have some teams. And, of course, the Ivy League. It's hard to get Ivy League players, but um, they've shown they can compete and recruit and get the talent there. So I think it's just a, a big, big representation of the, the parity in college across right now. Agreed. So with that, let's move to a little actionable info here on our Bet on the Cross Twitter space. I'm Dan Alexander with wagertalkingandgambling.com. We have Action Jackson, Hutton Jackson with the Action Network, and Justin Byers, business writer with Front Office Sports. A little actionable info time, and also want to remind you, you want to be a part of the space, just hit that request button to speak in the bottom left. And you can be a part of the conversation, a little Q&A, and also give it your, give some of your favorite plays on either the field or box side of things. Let's get into it, boys. I'm going to go last because it's another one that's going to make you guys sick to your stomach. So I'm throwing it right back your way, Justin, because this is a play that I also really was eyeing. And I think your handicap might be just enough to put me over the edge on this one. Justin Byers, front office sports. Your best bet here on Bet on the Cross. Yeah, I'm rolling with UMass plus three and a half versus Brown on Saturday. I know we just talked about uh, all the Ivy League teams are, are playing extremely well, but um, the reason kind of I'm kind of going with this angle is I know UMass has a four three record, which isn't anything to really brag about. But with that four three record, they've shown they can play with any team in the nation, and that includes a one goal loss to Yale and Army, who are both nationally ranked teams. And with their wins, they do have a nice little resume of wins. I know Vermont's kind of having a a down year to what they had the year prior, but that's still a good win against a solid Vermont team, and they've also gotten a win against Albany. So this UMass team, they're going to be well coached. They, I watched them play a couple times this year. They do have some talent, so they definitely could compete with anybody. And I think that that number at three and a half, that's just a little bit too much for me. So that's why I'm going with UMass plus three and a half. If it was two and a half, I wouldn't even touch it. But you're asking me for UMass to keep it within three against Brown, a a kind of like an East Coast rivalry, Rhode Island versus Massachusetts. Yeah, I'm rolling with UMass. UMass getting a three and a half. Just one of the best bets we'll be getting from Justin Byers. We'll sandwich his two picks in between as he's liking some barking dogs this week. Hutton is Ian laying some lumber. Hutton, make your case for UMBC. What are you eyeing this week, man? Go Chesapeake Bay Retrievers, man. Um, yeah, so this game is one that I just feel like it's not really on anyone's radar. Um, and I was just surprised that UMBC is only having to lay minus one and a half. Uh, Binghamton just came off a big win against Albany. Uh, you know, usually a pretty good team, 18 to 10, but Albany is one and five this year. They're just not looking like that great of a, a team, you know, obviously not having Tahoka this year. Um, they didn't have him the end of the last half either, but I, I just don't think that win, that 18, 10 win is that impressive in my book. I don't think Binghamton's really played anybody too hard uh, recently, you know, Hofstra, like, I, I don't know. I, I haven't been impressed with their strength of schedule. Whereas UMBC's played some teams tight and, uh, and won some games too. They beat, you know, a team that we like in a lot is Utah. Um, they beat them 13 to 10, two weeks ago. Uh, took Towson down to the wire, lost 11 to 10. Mount St. Mary's, who had that upset against Navy, they lost to them 9 to 8. Um, and then they have a win against uh, Drexel as well to start the season. So I just think overall, 
Um, they're a slightly better team, and I think, you know, minus one and a half is, is not that bad uh, to lay. It's juice is 130, so um, I'm comfortable laying that. Um, and I have some family lineage, too. I don't think, you know, taking biases aside, there's my case, but family lineage that attended UMBC. So I love myself the Retrievers, and I'm going to go with them minus one and a half this week. Pick him with the head and the heart. That's a guaranteed sweat right there because when the heart is in it, uh, that's, that's, that's when you know uh, you have a little extra skin in the game. So UMBC, and, and some people like, you know, taking, you know, only the teams that, you know, are obviously on streams or, are, you know, they're watching and, and, you know, that's the real public games like the Maryland's, the UVA's. I'm like you, Hutton. I like digging onto the card and seeing that play that hasn't had any line movement because then I know it's just not a game that the books are as exposed on either way. So you might actually be able to find, I don't want to say a, a rogue number, but a number that's maybe not as hammered into shape as as uh, as a public game, like a, a game featuring a Notre Dame or a game featuring even a Johns Hopkins. Um, you know, some of these back ledger teams that are being offered, if you are able to find an edge, those can see, be some of your most advantageous positions. So, you know, you know, it doesn't only have to be the marquee TV. You know, Quint Kesnick is on the call. Just because it's on TV doesn't mean you need to have action on it. Some of these deeper cut games are where you can find some of your best value. So I think a great play out of you there. Lay in the lumber with UMBC. So the dogs are barking this week because three of our NCAA best bets two of which coming from my man JB with front office sports are some barking dogs. And I think this barking dogs wearing one of the sweetest helmets I ever saw last week. Helmets didn't help them get the win last week, but we're hoping that they can get home to the little plus money. JB, what's your other play you have for the folks here today? Your second best bet for bet on the cross. No, you're right. Johns Hopkins had some drip last week. And that's why I kind of, I love this team in this spot against Michigan at plus money, which five years ago, you never would have imagined Johns Hopkins. <laughs> yep. funny. Are you kidding me? But uh, times are changing. That's just the way it is. But uh, everyone's been gassing up this Michigan team because they're seven and two. And, and I'm simply not buying it. I think they're a good team, but their only real win is over, over Delaware, which is, it's a good win, but it's nothing to really uh, get really big over. Like I think Hopkins is going to look to start off this big 10 play strong. Um, they've kind of had like a disappointing what year and a half and they need to kind of really show what they've got. And I think they have the opportunity to do that against Michigan. And um, I kind of want to mention like last year's game, I know Michigan won, which was their first win against Hopkins in nine meetings. Um, Shout out to them, but that's not going to happen again this weekend. Um, Michigan held Hopkins scoreless for 20 minutes in that matchup. That's definitely not happening on Saturday. So that's why um, I got to roll with Hopkins at plus money against a team that's just okay, in my opinion. I think it's a sure thing. So we're going some UMass plus three and a half. Hopkins money line. We're laying the lumber minus one and a half for Hutton with UMBC. And I don't want to say we saved the best for last. We saved the most indigestion inducing for last. My best bet this week. And I know you're saying, what the heck? You, you just went double-fisted on Maryland last week. My best bet is Penn State getting the five-and-a-half. It's at a nice plus-money price right now. So you're getting five-and-a-half, and you're getting plus 125. Penn State plus 125, getting the five-and-a-half, my best bet. And, and here's the reasoning. 
does Maryland get as excited for this game after they just destroyed a clearly better opponent in UVA? Now they have to travel to go to Happy Valley. It's a 7 o'clock game on Sunday, and I'll get to that in just a moment. But this Penn State team, I was just singing my praises of what the Ivy has been able to do. People forget Penn State beat Yale. Yeah, they only have two wins on the year, but one of them was against one of those Ivy League schools, and they lost to Cornell, they lost to Penn, but both of those were one-goal games. So they've been competitive. They just haven't been able to figure it out completely. So Penn State on a three-game losing streak. Who the hell wants to bet on Penn State? Nobody. That's why I do. Sunday night, there's going to be money that continues to come on because last week, UVA was the public darling. So what does that mean? Maryland, who just beat them, now the zigzag comes. They're the public darling. I think we might see a six and a half in this game. If we do, it becomes not just a play that I like. It's a play I love. Now, this is also a play that we're going to know within the first few minutes of the game if it was right or not. Because I feel like if Penn State goes down early, the worry I have about this one is they could just roll over. They could just say, all right, Maryland's coming to town. They're kicking our ass. You know, let, let's, 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 let's end this. But the fact that they're the only dance in town, it's going to be a game with some eyes on it. This is Penn State's chance to, you know, exercise some demons, be competitive against the best team in the nation. And it could also just be a potential letdown spot for Maryland. All those things packaged together makes it my best bet this week. I know. Get your acids ready. I'm rolling with Penn State, getting the five and a half. If it's six and a half, um, it'll be an even more sizable unit play. That's what I'm eyeing, Justin. And, uh, you know, I, I'm, I, I'm sorry again for making you guys sick to your stomach with a best bet I got this week. What's, what's your thoughts on that one, JB, now that you've had some time to digest it? Honestly, I love it. Any, I'm like, I'm real big on looking at lines and trying to read lines. I think that's a great way to be a smart better. And with lacrosse and the way it is, I try to look at it like hockey and baseball lines. It's it's a small margin, and getting five and a half is just a little bit too much. I don't care really who's playing. If you give me a five and a half line with an opportunity to get it to six and a half, yeah, I'm rolling with the dog all day. And Penn State, like you, we've seen them play well. Like I know they've had a lot of turnover with their roster because they've had a lot of seniority leave. But I mean, like you're saying, they can play with anybody. If it's an Ivy League team, I don't care. Like, uh, I know Maryland's great, but getting into to Pennsylvania in the middle of the weekend on a Sunday, I don't know. They they could surprise some people. Now, I, I, I Hutton, is there anything that you're saying? Like, like do do you have the uh, the gumption to be like, yeah, I'll roll with you guys, or, or you think Maryland is as good as advertised? I, I mean, I think that's obviously rightfully so, but, you know, even getting five and a half, you're also a big value guy too. Is there enough value here for you to maybe be swayed or what you saw out of the Terrapins last week, there ain't no way in hell you're putting your money on the opposite side against them? I mean, if it gets to six and a half, I'll, I'll think about it. But um, I don't know. What I saw from Maryland, I think they're yeah. in a tier. I don't hate the play, though. Like, I'm definitely not back in Maryland laying that big of a spread. I hate laying that big of a spread with really any team, um, especially a team, you know, in their own conference, a team like Penn State that's shown that they can play with, you know, the top teams. But, uh, 
Yeah, I'm gonna have to watch from the sidelines on that one. I am. I'm definitely riding with this Johns Hopkins money line though, because I've been obviously on the fade Michigan train, and that did us well last week against Notre Dame. So um, yeah, I, I like Hopkins in this spot. Um, so I'll ride with you on that one, Justin. Oh, you've not only been on the fade Michigan train, you've been the conductor of the fade Michigan train. That's for sure. And speaking of trains, I'm stepping in front of one this week. We'll uh, we'll recap on next week's episode if I get run the hell over by the Terrapins steamboat. Before we move on, talk a little NLL action. Really uh, thanking everybody who's hopping into the space. We'll be also taking some Q&A at the end. But seeing that Tyler hopped in, requested as a speaker right here before we move on to the NLL. Tyler, uh, thoughts on this NCAA slates? Any plays for you or you have some questions for the guys here, man? Thanks for joining us. Oh, what's going on, guys? Thanks for having me. Can you hear me okay? We got you loud and clear, my man. All right, perfect. So, you know, two weeks ago, I had a nice uh, 4-0 blog uh, blog weekend, and last week followed up with a nice 0-3. So we're, you know, still evening out here, so we're trying to find some money. But I got a couple NCAA plays that I'm liking. We'll see what makes the blog at the end of the week. You can let me know if I'm crazy or not. Um, uh, I like I was looking, liking that UMass play, like, before he said it and when he said it i was like okay now i have to take it brown <laughs> brown has been like, obviously a great team but kind of like suspect against the spread like even when they've been favored by one and a half they will win by one so i'm definitely liking that umass plus three and a half um sneaky like hobart minus one and a half against bryant i think hobart's been a very solid team this year uh our uh, west point potentially plus one and a half against maryland Stony Brook minus two and a half against Albany. And oh my God, the Ivy League has been killing me. Last week I had I took, in my <laughs> blog, I took Princeton minus one and a half. And I was like, okay, here we go. And then about when the fourth quarter hit, I had a break at work. I was watching. I was like, okay, here we go. So Princeton was down one, two goals swing the back up. I texted my friend. I was like, I see it now because I've, how many the PLL games turn out? I was like, I could see it now. They go to OT, Princeton's going to win and not cover. I, I could just I could see the bad beat written in the stars. Fifteen minutes left in the fourth, so that happened. But yeah, those are that's what I'm liking so far. That Penn State money is very interesting. I know they had a lot of guys out um, in their recent games. You know, I know they had a couple guys out against Bucknell. I think the game before that. Um, but yeah, I think those are the only ones I'm, I'm liking this week as of right now. The Ivy League scares the bejesus out of me at this point. You know. If this was a couple weeks ago, I might have had some Ivy League plays. But right now, Ivy League is just a powerhouse. But, yeah, that's all I got for right now. Thanks for letting me join in. Tyler, I'm going to put you on the spot with one more game and ask you this one. This one's a little bit farther in advance. We're talking April 27th. But uh, who do you like into sales versus Misericordia? I know you're a Misericordia guy. Oh, (laughs) Oh, Jesus, dude. Uh, Well, if you just watched tonight, one of – the seniors on the team just set our single game scoring record with nine goals. So we'll leave it at that. Bulldogs all the way, man. <laughs> dude, what, what, that's, that's amazing. No, dude, Misericordia de Sales, Maxion, baby. Max Freedom. <laughs> so Max Freedom D3 action. I love it. De Sales. Yeah, that was a, a fierce rivalry. I mean, freshman year, I think. Uh, so I graduated in 2016 from De Sales, and I think we, uh, we beat you guys in. I think it was double overtime uh, to win like our, our first conference game, our first uh, conference playoff game, and that was like huge for us. Um, but then it comes full circle. You guys end up in my career in uh, 2016 with a playoff win when we were undefeated in the conference. Um, yeah. 
the best rivalries in, in the MAC for sure. Oh, absolutely. No, the sales, Eastern and Misericordia, when we, they were all three in the freedom, it doesn't get much better. Oh, no, not at all. Not, well, and, now, and now we got Stevens in there making things a little bit more difficult. Uh, see, yeah, Eastern left, and now it's just Austin Stevens. So, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah, I had to add that input that there. A little bit. <laughs> I love that. I love we'll that. have to when that when that game comes up, we're gonna have to have Tyler back on the space, and I'll make up a a theoretical line. I'm gonna put my odds makers hat on, and I'll make up a line for you guys, and we'll just uh, you know like have like a, a fun little uh, fun little uh, you know side play uh, something like that. But uh, you know, of course, not advocating any betting over state lines. We're not going to get shut not. down by the SEC here. But, uh, but Tyler, I love that shortlist, man. I also appreciate you listening. And keep that writing up, man. You're doing a terrific job, and we appreciate you joining the space, man. Appreciate it, fellas. Roll Cougs. <laughs> Roll Cougs on the way out. Appreciate it. JB, uh, he's, liking that. he's liking that UMass play. That's when he was like, uh, I was thinking about it before, and then I heard JB talking about it like, that's the effect you have on people. You have talked me into more plays, and I'm so glad you talked me into that Harvard play last night because uh, you got a little money in my pocket there. But that's the effect you have on people, Justin. I do what I can, man. Tyler also got me because I was looking at that Hobart game. I was eyeing it. And I'm like, uh, I know Hobart's got a good squad. Like, I've seen them put up some points this year. I think they can hang. And, I, I mean, Brian's been kind of low this year, so I'm definitely riding with Hobart. I don't care. I'll eat the juice on the money line at minus 155. It's only juice if it loses, so I'm definitely going to run with Hobart. Love it, man. All right, so let's move on. We talked a little field there. Uh, let's move on to the box side of things as the NLL continues to roll on and pro lacrosse bets 2-0 and thanks to another Panther City money line just on a roll. Hopefully you hopped on the boat early because that boat has just been cashing and also, I'm never going to complain. Sometimes it's better to be lucky than to be good. We got the lucky backdoor cover. Got our Seals minus one and a half home. The Seals covering that thanks to the empty netter. When you're a one and a half better, minus one and a half, empty netters are amazing. When you're a dog better, I've been on the opposite side of those. And you want to just about pull your hair out on that. So, you know, Hutton. This Panther City team talk about strutting like a peacock. That's just been a money-making boat as we kind of recap some NLL action. Yeah, I wish I would have gone in on this Panther City train at the start, but I don't think anyone really saw them, this resurgence. Um, I mean, they could make the playoffs at this rate. Um, they're looking that good right now. Uh, but, yeah, if you would have bet them on – they not only have covered the plus one and a half the past four games, they've won outright in the last four meetings – and if you were to get in, if you got in on that first game and you bet them on the money line, let's say you're a hundred dollar better, you would be up six hundred and twenty five dollars through these four games. So um, they have been rolling in the dough. Uh, they have another advantageous matchup this weekend. They're not my official play. I lean, you know, them getting that plus one and a half. Um, you know, I don't know if the Magic's gonna run out this weekend or not. It's you know kind of tempting fate a little bit there. But um, so far, if if you've been Ryan with Panther City, uh, they've been looking pretty good. And, uh, again, like, I really do think they could make a, a run at a playoff spot. I don't think they're going to get in in that wild card spot, but they could compete for that third spot in the West with the Vancouver Warriors. You also got the Calgary Roughnecks, um, who are also looking pretty good um, lately. You know, both all these teams in the West are kind of bottom of the barrel right now. They're all fighting for that last, the scraps, to kind of get in. I think the East has shown that they're a little bit of a stronger division, but uh, 
definitely going to be a, a wild race as we get into the playoff time. Um, but uh, another thing, talking playoff wise, our friend Brian Andrews, he's also been doing a lot of stuff um, looking at consecutive matchups. So if you guys aren't aware, we haven't had playoff series other than the finals in the NLL. Now we're getting it in second round. So he kind of looked at teams that are playing each other back to back. We actually have a game two two games this weekend. The Thunderbirds and Bandits are playing each other. That games those games were rescheduled. One of those, so we get to see them play back to back here, and it's kind of given us a good idea of what these playoff series could look like. So his article goes in more depth. You guys can check that out on ProLacrosseTalk.com. But um, teams that win that first game are actually only two and four so far this season in that second game. So. You know, we could be seeing a lot of three-game series um, play out in this playoffs, uh, which we would all love. You know, more lacrosse is, you know, bet, best for everybody. But something to keep in mind. So it doesn't really help us, to, you know, handicap Bandits versus Thunderbirds per se. But if you like one of these teams, they end up getting that win, you know, maybe consider laying off that second game. The other thing is the over-under in the second game has also been a lot lower. So, it seems that teams kind of get off to a light, you know, big offensive day in that first game and then come back to earth a little bit in that second game. So something to, to point out. So right now the totals are set 20 and a half uh, in both those Thunderbirds bandits game. I'm leaning the over in that one. That's not my best play, but I'm leaning the over in that uh, first game. Um, but, you know, kind of, kind of uh, playing with fire. If you decide to wait and you want to play the under in that second game, because you know, the total, um, you know, it might work in your favor. Maybe the total goes up a little bit. We haven't seen anything lower than 20 and a half. So that's why I really like playing the over 20 and a half and then kind of seeing if, you know, it does go over. Does it hit up enough to like 22, 23 and a half where you feel comfortable playing the under? That's something I would look out for this, this matchup. But uh, those are my thoughts on the NLL slate. I have one play. I mentioned Panther City. I'm actually going with another West team for my best bet. That's the Roughnecks plus one and a half. I don't know why the market loves this rush team, um, you know, they're right now last in the standings. They're not a bad team. Anybody can beat anybody in the NLL. We know that. But they were one and eight against the spread when one and a half point favorites. And they draw that one and a half a lot. Um, and they're playing a calorie team that they lost to twice so far this season. Now, it's tough to beat teams three times in a row. You know, we just mentioned, you know, teams playing back to backs. But I think this is a good spot again for Calgary to at least get the cover, you know, maybe a sprinkle a little bit on the money line at plus 120. But my official play is uh, them plus one and a half at minus 135. Uh, I like I like Calgary in this game against the Rush. Um, I just think they cover, you know, whether they win or not. I, I just don't think the Rush have shown they can cover this one and a half point spread. Love that right there. And I also think you make a really interesting point. And I'm glad that our guy Brian Andrews with Pro Lacrosse Talk kind of quantified that of these teams that are playing on back to back games in the same weekend. Just from a conceptual point, it makes sense if you think, oh, the second game's lower. It's just that familiarity with the team. Oh, well, I know that when this guy gets stick side, he's going to dodge or he's going to roll on me. You know, you get those in back-to-back weekends, and there's also not, you know, okay, you play them one week and you play them another week where there's time to make adjustments. It's also, you know, you can make little micro adjustments, but there isn't practice time. There isn't a chance to really sit down and draw things up once again. So I think, you know, that kind of zigzag effect makes sense when you say this team wins the first game, you know, maybe you sit out the second game if you're able to get that first ticket home. I know just me, 
I, I, I'm going to be the guy who just goes on the bandits both times because not only, uh, you know, are, are you going to have an, uh, an opportunity to be cashing, um, the last that I saw on DraftKings, um, you know, you lay that minus one and a half, it was at plus money. So you get the first one home, then, you know, you, you might even be able to be a little bit more profitable. I think the way I might attack it is I might see how that scoring goes. I think I'm going to lay the, the one and a half with the Bandits in the first matchup against the Thunderbirds, getting that plus money, hope that one gets home. You know, if it doesn't, I'll probably lay off the second game. If it does come home, I might do what's called like a mechanical parlay, take the winnings that I got on that game and roll it over to a play in the second game. And that play for me would be hoping that there's some higher scoring and maybe they adjust the total up to a 21. Maybe it's, maybe it's an even higher scoring game. We get a 22 and a half and come back just on that formulaic, go back on the under because conceptually it kind of makes sense. And, you know, either I end up not having any money in my pocket. If the first one doesn't get home and the bandits don't cover, you know, I'll, I'll expend for that in my, um, in, in my, uh, in my bankroll and know, you know, once this bets placed, it's either going to come home or not. And with that plus money, take that plus money. I get roll it over to maybe backing that under in the second game. The trends back that up. I think the bandits being on rest also backs up their potential to cover this game. So I think that's the way I'm going to attack the NLL slate this weekend is it would be a sprinkle. It would probably be a half unit play for me since you're getting some plus money on the bandits in the first matchup, laying the one and a half. And then I think I'm going to come back, try and back that under depending on what we learn in the first game. If I don't like that under still, I'll probably just sit out and take my money and run if the first one gets home. Yeah, no, and, you know, for people that are, you know, juice at risk adverse, like, right now, if you like the Thunderbirds uh, in that second game, you're going to have to lay minus 165. So, you know, definitely if you're on the Thunderbirds side, wait a little bit because if they lose, you know, that might come down. And if they win, you know, well, then, it, you, you know, you maybe feel better um, about backing them. It's kind of like, you know, kind of – good either way kind of what happens but uh right now like like you said bandits plus one and a half or bandits minus one and a half is plus 105 um in that first game and plus 130 in that second game so then on the flip side if you like the bandits maybe you know you get in there early at minus one and a half um depending on what happens but um you know i personally wouldn't touch that second game until you see what happens in the first game so these teams haven't played each other yet this season um it's essentially a pick them with minus 115 on the, the money line in that second game so uh, I definitely like what you're you're thinking with the Bandits, and I do like them to win this game. I think it's going to be close, but um, a lot of value on that minus one and a half right now. Yeah, and again, I, I say this all the time. You know, one of the best opportunities we have as sports bettors is the odds makers have to put up odds on every single game. We do not have to bet every single game, and that's just one little edge that we have over the house and. I think we all know there aren't many edges we're going to have over the house in the long run. So being selective with your plays, I think another great point that Hutton makes there. So if you want to be a part of our Twitter space, we're wrapping up here. If you want to join on in, we already had Tyler joining us, giving his short list on NCAA plays, but hit that request button. This is your last call for getting in here, giving some, uh, some of us your best plays. Also joining in on the Q&A. I'll recap what we're eyeing. I have a half unit play on the Bandits laying the one and a half in the first 
first game. I think I might sweep back in and, uh, and, and try and get on the under in the second game. Um, other one that we're eyeing, we're taking the one and a half on the Roughnecks as, uh, as they're taking on the rush. A couple different trends backing that up and also a good situational play that Hutton's eyeing. And the box side of things, on the field side of things, we got some dogs that are barking. My man Justin Byers with front office sports is liking UMass getting the three and a half against Brown. He's liking Hopkins to pull the upset over Michigan saying don't be fooled by the Wolverines record Hutton is laying the one and a half with UMBC and I have a play sponsored by Tums I'm taking Penn State plus five and a half minus or excuse me plus 125 I think we might even see a six and a half by game time on Sunday so I'm going to sprinkle a little unit on that if I get that six and a half uh, I'm going to make a more sizable play on that so uh, we got our man billy c hopping back in he's feeling good he's he's shaking off the virginia loss we had some nice ballyhooing back and forth um he alongside my uh, my cohorts here back in the wahoos i got to strut my stuff a little bit but billy uh, always doing a great job he uses i i will say billy Nobody uses the Twitter uh, allowance of characters like you. You get so much damn information in one tweet, man. It is a true art you have. Thanks for joining the space again. What are you eyeing this week, Billy? Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on again. Uh, Yeah, it was great chopping up with you guys about the uh, UVA Maryland game over the weekend on Twitter. Uh, Wish I had had gone a different way, but you can't win them all. Um. This weekend, uh, my first bet actually comes from that low-volume game Hutton mentioned, uh, Binghamton, UMBC. Um, I'm looking at the total of 22-and-a-half. Um, so UMBC has only gone over that total twice and under three times this season. But Binghamton, uh, when it goes over that, it's gone way over. And like Hutton was alluding to, things could kind of get out of here, hand for uh, Binghamton here. So I'm hoping that uh, UMBC will be able to pump some goals in them. Uh, some of those totals by Binghamton I mentioned – uh, they've gone, they've had totals of 25, 27, 28, and 31 this season. So uh, I like that over the low total of 22 and a half. Also looking at uh, Cornell plus one and a half. Uh, I think, yeah, normally I would like that the lower ranked team pen is actually favored here, but these Ivy games are just so close that I think anytime you have a really solid squad like Cornell or any of those Ivy squads getting the one and a half, you got, you got to take it looking for the one goal game. Also looking uh, for Penn to be, you know, a little bit of a letdown spot off that uh, 21-20 overtime loss to Princeton. Uh, they definitely would have expanded a lot of uh, emotional and physical energy there. Yeah, it looked like uh, JB with all those hearts you were dropping in there, man. Seems like that's a play that uh, that Billy might have uh, perked your ears up on there as Cornell uh, taking on Penn this weekend. Uh, anything that you like in that game, Billy, making the same case that you were kind of looking towards? Yeah, exactly. Like, I was eyeing at that game a little bit earlier prior to the show. I like Cornell in that spot. I, I think I'm – like, I have my big uh, Connor Busick fan, so, like, there's a little bit of my heart in there. But um, I love this Cornell team. I've watched them a couple games so far, and I think they, they can play ball. And, of course, with it being an Ivy League matchup, it's going to be a close one. So, I love uh, their plus one and a half. I – I kind of thought maybe they'd be favored, but, I mean, Penn is solid. So, if I'm getting plus one and a half with Cornell, conference game, yeah, I'm going to take it. I really like that one, Billy. Yeah, you got, you definitely turned me on a bit more to the Ivy League. Uh, 
I really liked your Harvard play last week, and you had me wishing I had taken them yesterday against BU. But, uh, yeah, anytime these court, um, these Ivy League games with close teams plus one and a half, I feel pretty strong about the Cornell one and a half. Definitely going to make a bet on that. Uh, would also even lean the uh, Yale plus one and a half for the same reason, hoping they, they can keep it close. So, Billy, love the info that you bring. I'm sure you're going to be having some other sprinkles. Billy is a great follow. Check him out if you're in the space. Well worth it for even just some of those trends. You hear the knowledge that he drops right there. So appreciate that one, Billy. Last question I have for you before we kind of wrap things here. Um, You were also putting out some good information on just your opinions on these futures that came out in the PLL. You have – I'll give you – a hundred dollar bankroll to bet the PLL future market. Are you loading up on one team or what do you think some teams to maybe use that $100 bankroll? How would you kind of manage that? And uh, how are you breaking down this PLL future market? Um, well, so I also, I mean, I loved uh, JB's argument earlier for the archers. They, they do have, you know, the great offense all the way around, great defense, solid goaltending. My one big thing with them is you get in these big lacrosse games, especially like in the playoffs, winner go home and uh, face-offs are so important. And I've really been uh, looking for the archers to kind of solidify a, a solid face-off guy. They've had some good ones in and out, but it, it feels like a bit of a revolving door. Um, but they're still tempting. And then, to be honest, like the, the PL is just so much parity. It's hard not to say have the whips or the chaos, you know, being, being in the finals the last two years. Um, but the, uh, the Atlas are appealing too, but, uh, it would maybe be like a half archers quarter, quarter whips chaos just to, uh, to play it safe. I love it, man. Well, Billy, I'm sure next time we have our Twitter space, you'll be dropping in as well. I look forward to seeing your official plays coming on my Twitter timeline soon. So appreciate the support, man. Appreciate you hopping in. Keep doing your thing too, man. Doing a great job. Appreciate you, brother. Yeah, thanks so much. I'll definitely uh, be looking into the game some more and have some, some more detailed stuff on Twitter. Uh, probably going to take Notre Dame plus the points, too. I like that one. Thanks for uh, having me, guys. Always appreciate it, my guy. And Notre Dame is one that I'm eyeing as well. It's on my short list. I think if I can get a little bit better of a number, and I think we might just get that because people are going to be trying to get that zigzag coming back on UVA, I think that could be a spot to be looking at. So, what? Uh, that's it for me, boys. Anything else to wrap it? I, I think we're, we're, we're good here. Another successful Twitter space. Want to, again, thank my esteemed colleagues here, Hutton Jackson, uh, talking through the Bet on Lacrosse account. You can follow him at Hutton Jackson. He's a part of Action Network. And always, Justin Byers, my guy from Front Office Sports. He's a business writer. Justin, appreciate you taking uh, you know an hour of your time to join us on these Twitter spaces, the knowledge you bring, and also follow Justin, too. Because, uh, I mean, these reports you guys have been getting, FOS continues to grow. You guys are doing a terrific job. So keep the reporting coming, and also keep joining us on these spaces, man. Love having you, JP. No, I appreciate it. Yeah, and I actually have uh, some PLL article. I have a PLL piece dropping tomorrow morning, so be able to look out for that. My eyes are peeled, Hutton, for that one. And your coworker Dougie is dropping some uh, Redwood signings. Yeah, at- PLL Insider Doug, man. <laughs> Dougie G, the co-host with the co-most, whether he's on the Bet on the Cross show anymore or not, the still has the number one spot in my heart. So Dougie G, gotta gotta, I gotta go over to his uh, his uh, Twitter uh, 
his Twitter feed and see what uh, knowledge he's dropping. And some Doug bombs. He's dropping oh, some Dougie, some Dougie G bombing right there. That does it for us. Thanks again for joining us here on another live edition of Bet on the Cross. Huge thanks to Tyler and Billy for joining in, but a huge thanks as well to my co-hosts, Justin Byers, Hutton Jackson. I'm Dan Alexander, and that's our thoughts on the NLL and NCAA slate. Make sure you drop us a follow at Bet on the Cross and Pro Lacrosse Bets. Let us know who you're betting on this weekend. Best of luck next time we chat. Hope we're all chatting with some money in our pockets. Cash those tickets, bet responsibly, and we'll talk to you next week.